Luke 2, 22, when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ and he came in the spirit into the temple and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said Lord now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word for my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. Today I want to talk to you about how the light is for all. The light of Jesus is for all. It's not just for perfect people, got it all together people. It's not just for skinny people, fat people, good looking people, ugly people. The light is for all, all people. And that's what we're going to look at today. So, hey, I want to pray and ask that God will bless our time as we dig into his word. Lord, thank you so much for bringing us here today. Thank you for those that braved the race. God, braved the road closures, found parking, and made it here early on a Sunday morning. Lord, I pray that you would bless us as we open your word, as we hear from it. Lord, may we remember the light that came for all, for all people, for all humanity. And now we shine that light. God, and may we shine it brightly wherever we go. So Lord, may our hearts be open. May our ears be attentive to what it is you want to speak to us today in this place. We pray all this in your name, Jesus. And everybody said, amen. High five somebody as you're seated and tell them you look good. But hey, I I just shared a, a passage with you. This passage in Luke chapter 2, that's where we're going to be coming from today. And uh, this story of a man named Simeon, and that's what I want to talk to you about today. And so this series, King of Light, that we are in is a series that we're looking at the light, which is Jesus, and, and, and different aspects of the light. And so last week we talked about how the light had dawned. Uh, Lauren, our Westside Campus pastor, shared with us. And today I want to talk to you about how the light is for all. It's for all people, for all men, for all women, for all of mankind. But uh, I don't know about you, have you ever made a promise that you didn't keep? Uh, I mean, maybe you're, you're not like me uh, and, and you're really holy and spiritual and you're perfect, but I, I've made some promises that I didn't keep. But uh, a couple years back, uh, it was when we still bought Blu-rays. You remember those days? I still buy them and people think I'm weird. But, but a couple years back, I really wanted the Star Wars like all the, the first six Star Wars films on Blu-ray. It, it was a special edition pack that was released and had all these uh, special extra discs with, with extra features and, and things on them. And I'm a big Star Wars fan. We got any Star Wars fans in the house? Come on, somebody. The Force is with us. But, but I, I'm a big Star Wars fan, and so I wanted this, this Star Wars six-disc, actually I think it was eight-disc pack 
And, man, I, I told my wife I wanted it for my birthday. And I kept prepping her. I mean, for, for weeks, I was, like, dropping hints. And I was sending her links. And, and, you know, it wasn't subtle at all. It was just straight in her face, like, here it is. This is what I want. And she kept going, okay, I got it. I got it. I got you. I got it. My birthday came, and there was no Star Wars 8-disc pack. And I felt like, like, she hadn't promised me, but I felt like she'd promised me because she said, I got you, I hear you. Like, to me, that was a promise. And so I, I was so upset that I, I preached about it that Sunday. This was before our church. This is like, I, well, I want to say eight years ago, so before our church. I preached about it that Sunday, which was actually the best thing I could ever do because the next Sunday I had two eight-disc Star Wars packs, and I just returned one and got the money. So I had, a, I had Target gift cards. But man, I, I don't know about you, but there are people who will break their promises, aren't there? There are people in your life, whether it's a spouse, whether it's a friend, whether it's a loved one, whether it's a parent, uh, a child, that will break their promises to you. But we serve a God that always follows through on his promises. That no matter what the promise is, no matter how big, no matter how, how impossible it might seem, our God always follows through on his promises. And God made a promise, not only to all of humanity, that he was going to send a, a Messiah, a Savior, to change the world. But he actually makes a special promise here to a man named Simeon. And I love this story because it says that God actually promised Simeon that before he died, he would see the Savior. Before he died, he would see the Messiah. It says that, he was a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. I wanted you to hear me today because I think in a world of discrimination, we serve a God who is a light that never discriminates. That doesn't discriminate based on skin color or background or, or social standing or bank accounts or past or mistakes or sins. Our Savior, the light that's for all, doesn't discriminate. This light is for all people, for all mankind. That coworker that you can't stand, the light's for him too. It's for her too. That person that cut you off on the road and then, and then let you know that you were in the wrong for it. The light is for them too. This light doesn't discriminate. What I want to do today, I want to look at four ways that Simeon actually reacted to the promise that God gave him. But I believe we too should react to the light and the promise of the light from God in, in these same ways. The first way that Simeon reacted was he prepared himself for the promise. He prepared himself for the promise. How many of you know that, that preparation matters? I mean, preparation is important. And, and I don't know about you in your life, but I want to be a prepared person. And some of you uh, roll like me, though, and you tend to be last-minute people. Uh, we got some pro procrastinators in the house. And uh, I, I'm a natural procrastinator, but I've learned to fight that and be more prepared. Now, I got to give my wife some props because I just gave her a hard time. So I'm going to give her some props right now. My wife goes to the gym every morning at between 5 and 5.30 a.m. So she's usually waking up around 4.50, 4.45. And, uh, but something about my wife that, that I'm so impressed by is the night before, every night before, I watch her go through her workout plan. 
And she'll actually like watch videos and, and she prepares herself and she writes things down, usually in her phone. She's got her timer ready. She wakes up in the morning early enough to do her pre-workout. How many are down with the pre-workout? You know what I'm talking about? When you wake up at 4.50, you need that pre-workout, you know? She gets the pre-workout. She's got the aftershake ready. She has her workout bag, and she's got the proper bands. And literally every week, a new Amazon box comes to our house, and it's some workout thing that she needs. Um, but, man, she rolls in at 5 a.m. every morning, and she's ready. She's prepared. Now, why does preparation matter? Because if you're not prepared... You won't receive the maximum potential, right? You won't reach the maximum potential. And so preparation matters in our lives. If we're prepared, we can reach the maximum potential that is there. When we're not prepared, we miss out and we maybe fall short. I love uh, in, in verse 25, it actually says that, that Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And this word consolation in the Greek is the word periklesis. And if we translate that periklesis, it actually means comforter. He was waiting for the comforter of Israel. But this comforter wasn't meant to just be for Israel. It was meant to be for all of mankind. You see, Jesus fulfilled, they say, over 68 prophecies from the Old Testament. If we look at it and we study and we research, over 68 prophecies from the Old Testament, he fulfilled by his coming in the New Testament. You see, Jesus came to comfort and to rescue Israel. Not only that, but he came to comfort and to rescue you. He came to comfort and to rescue me. He came to comfort and to rescue all of humanity, all of mankind. It says for the Jews, but also for the Gentiles. And if you're not a Jew, you're, you're a Gentile. You fall into that category. You see, he came for all. And I don't know about you, but in my life, there's been a lot of moments when I needed comfort. There's been a lot of seasons when I needed comfort. And I know that as, as a sinner, and, and every one of us deals with sin, as a broken person and an imperfect person, I know that I needed to be rescued. And I'm thankful for a God that, that sent his son, his only son, to this earth to comfort me, but also to rescue me. Because how many of you know, it, it, it doesn't matter if, if God had just came to comfort us. Like, like comfort is nice, but comfort doesn't fix the problem. You see, Jesus didn't just come to comfort, he also came to rescue he said, you are destined for death, you are destined for hell, and we don't like to talk about that in church, but that's what you were destined for, but I came to save you, to rescue you, to give you life and life to the fullest. I didn't just come to comfort you, I came to set you free. And so that's the God that we have. He's a comforter, and he's a rescuer. You see, Simeon prepared himself personally. It says in this passage that I read uh, just moments ago, it says that, that he was a righteous and devout man. That's the preparation that I'm talking about. See, I think a lot of us, uh, like, we want God. We want Jesus to comfort us. We want Jesus to rescue us. But we also want to live however we feel like living. 
And I'm thankful that we have a God that, that, over, that, that, that covers our sin and covers our mistakes and covers our past. But we also serve a God that is looking for people that say, if you love me, you'll serve me. If you love me, you'll follow me. If you love me, your life will look different than everyone around you. If you love me, there's going to be something different about how you walk, how you talk, how you act, how you react. That's what, what God is saying. And I think that some of us are going, God, save me. I'm thank you, thank, thank you for being my comfort. Thank you for being my rescuer. But are we preparing ourselves for the God that is coming one day for us? Are we preparing ourselves for that fact that our life here on this earth is a mist? It's here one moment and it's gone the next. And we will stand before our God in judgment. And he will say one of two things, well done, good and faithful servant, or, or depart from me for I never knew you. Now thankfully our God covers our sin. Thankfully our God covers our mistakes. But he's also saying to us, if you love me, you, you will react and you'll serve me different. And so I want to challenge you right now. Are you preparing yourself for the promise of God? The promise that one day you'll stand before God. The promise that one day you'll walk the streets of gold. The promise that one day you'll receive life and life to the fullest. Are you preparing yourself? Simeon prepared himself, says he was a righteous and devout man. You see, God's people are prepared people, aren't they? We're prepared. We're not always perfect, but we're prepared. So I want to ask you, is your life a life of preparation? Or is your life, are you living in a way that says, I'm preparing for the God that, that one day I'm going to stand before? Are you living in a way that says, I'm preparing myself for the God that came for me? Prepared himself for the promise. We need to pre prepare ourselves for that same promise. Second today, Simeon believed himself in the promise. You see, faith, this reaction that Simeon has is the key. In fact, this point, believing, is, is the key to all the others. Without this one, the others don't work. Faith always leads to works, doesn't it? James 1.27 tells us, it says, faith without works is dead. If your faith is real, your works will back it up. If your faith is true, your actions will follow through on it. We need to have faith, but we also need to have works that follow it. I love here that we see that Simeon himself believes. Jesus, get, or God gives him a promise and he tells him through the Holy Spirit, he says, before you die, you're going to actually see the Messiah. You're going to see him in the flesh. And, and Simeon believes it. And it's interesting, and, and, and I didn't give the background real quick for this, but this was normal in this day, that with the oldest child, you would go to the temple when they were very young and you would sacrifice um, in, a, in a way of consecrating them to God. And so uh, Mary and Joseph being devout you know, Jews and followers of God and the law, they do this. They, they go into, into the temple and most likely Jesus is only a few weeks old at this point. And they go to the temple and, and they sacrifice they sacrifice, you know, some, some doves and, and, and some other animals. Why? To, to consecrate their son to God. And here we see that, that, that Simeon believes. Now, this is a day and a time when people didn't get old. All right? Like, we, we grow old these days. How many are thankful and looking forward to growing old? Come on, somebody. I can't wait to grow old with my wife. We're going to be old, crusty, wrinkly. It's going to be amazing. Uh, and, and I can't wait. 
We live in a day when our lifespan is longer than it's really ever been in human history. And so we're living longer and longer. But in this day, there weren't a lot of old people, all right, with, with disease and, and sickness and, and, and infection and all the things that they dealt with. People didn't normally live that long. They weren't that old. And yet here is Simeon, and he keeps getting older and older and older, and it says that he was an old man, which was rare in this day. And yet still, as he gets older and older, he's still believing. He's still believing that one day I'm, I'm going to see the Messiah. I ain't ready to die yet because I ain't seen him. I, I, I'm, I'm waiting, and he believes, and he keeps waiting, he keeps trusting. He believed the promise that God had given him, that he would receive, receive this Messiah. You see, faith is believing even in the midst of doubt. And I think some of you are in here, you're like, man, I, I'm not a good Christian. I, I don't love God because I doubt sometimes. No, we all doubt. I don't know about you, but I doubt. Uh, there, there's mornings I wake up and I'm going, God, is this all for real? And I've, I've devoted my life to the church. I've devoted my life to Jesus Christ. And there's moments when I, when I even doubt, but then the faith comes back up and it overcomes the doubt. It overcomes the insecurity. It overcomes the fear. You see, faith is believing in the midst of doubt. So if you doubt, don't look down at yourself. God isn't afraid of your doubt. He isn't threatened by your doubt. But what he's looking for is the people say, I'll believe even in the midst of my doubt. I'm sure Simeon had moments where he woke up. He's like, dang. He looked at his skin. He took a look in the mirror. He said, God, I'm getting old. Like, I ain't looking so good anymore. I'm sure he looked in the mirror a few times and said, God, what's going on? Like, you told me I was going to see the Messiah before I died, and I'm getting close. I'm guessing he had those moments of doubt, and yet still he believed. Still he had faith. He let his faith overcome his doubt. You know, I was in uh, college, and, and I, uh, I went off to Bible college, and when I, my first year at Bible college, I, I remember this moment when, when the first student came up to me and they said, Caleb, how, how many times have you preached? And you see, when I was 12 years old, I felt like God called me to be a pastor. I was praying at the altar after one of my grandfather's sermons. And I felt like God spoke to me. It wasn't an audible voice, but it, but it was a, a still small voice. And I felt like the Lord spoke to me and said, Caleb, I want you to be a pastor. I want you to preach my gospel. I want you to pastor in the church. And, and I responded to that by going to Bible college. But there was a lot of times when I had doubt. There was a lot of times when I doubted if I was capable, if I was smart enough, if I was good enough, if I was holy enough, if I was righteous enough, if I read my Bible enough, if I prayed enough. There was a lot of times I said, God, I don't have the skill. I don't have the ability. I don't have the talent. I don't like standing in front of people. I don't like speaking in front of people. And all these thoughts would come in my mind. And so I'm in Bible college, and the first student comes up to me and says, how many times have you preached? I said, well, well none. I'm 18 years old. Like, why would I preach? And, and this 18-year-old looks me in the face and says, I've already preached 57 times. I said, my goodness, who are you? <laughs> you know, like a little Billy Graham right here has already preached 57 times. Like, good for you. And then I, I proceeded to walk through Bible college. And it was like every year people would come to me, how many times have you preached? More and more students. Oh, this last summer I traveled. I, I was traveling. I was a traveling evangelist. I'm like, you're 19. Who would listen to you? I was a traveling evangelist. I preached 75 times this summer alone. I'm like, good for you. And I went through college, and I've got to be honest. By my junior year, I, I had never preached. And I started to, to doubt. And I started to question. 
and I'm surrounded by all, by all these amazing, incredible people who are gifted and had, had so much experience in there. They're asking me, and, and I'm looking at their life, and I'm looking at my life, and I'm saying, I don't have what they have. How could I do what they're doing? And I doubted a lot. But every time I would doubt, God would remind me of that still, small voice that he spoke to me. He would remind me of that promise he put in my heart when he said, you're going to be a pastor. I've called you to be a pastor. It doesn't matter if you think you're qualified, I'll qualify you. It doesn't matter if you have the experience, I've got all the experience you ever need. And let me tell you something. I've now been in ministry for, oh my goodness, 15 years full time doing this pastoring. And I'll tell you, and I'm not happy about this. But I've seen a lot of those same dudes who preach 67 times that aren't in the church anymore and aren't aren't following God anymore and aren't pastoring anymore. And I want to tell you, all God is looking for is people that believe and have faith and are faithful. Because it's easy in a moment to be like, oh, look at what I've done. I've accomplished this. It's real easy to get caught up and focused on ourselves and our ability and our talent. But I want to challenge you that we trust in the God of the promise. We trust in the God that releases promises. And I don't know what promise God has put in your heart and maybe you've been doubting it. I don't know what promise God has given to you and in your life and maybe you've been doubting it. I want to encourage you today that you would have faith once again. That you would believe because our God he gives promises and he always follows through on them. It may not be in your timing but it's always in his perfect timing. Third today, Simeon positioned himself to receive the promise. I think this is my favorite point, actually. This is my favorite. And Simeon going, what do you mean, Caleb? If the band will come back up, i got to wrap this up. He positioned himself to receive the promise. It says in verse 27 that he regularly visited the temple, the house of God. You know, i, I got to think that Simeon was calculated. The Simeon was using his, his wisdom, his natural uh, deductive reasoning. And I'm guessing he was thinking, you know what? I'm old, and before I die, I'm going to see the Messiah. Where is the best place for me to possibly be to see him? And I'm guessing it went through his head, well, well the church, the temple. I mean, where else would I see the Messiah. What better place to position myself to receive the promise that God has given me than the temple and the house of God. And so we don't know exactly how much, and we don't know anything else about Simeon other than this one story. But I have this feeling, I have this this guess that probably every day Simeon rolled in and they say there were hundreds, maybe even thousands of people in the temple, the temple courtyard. Every day he rolled in and he would just look around. Not today, nope. Then he'd go home. And every day he'd come back and it got slower and slower. You know, I don't know how he was at the end, but and he'd look around. Not today, I'll be back tomorrow, God. He positioned himself to receive the promise. This last Sunday, we, we weren't here. We were in Arizona for Thanksgiving. My wife's sister lives there, and and because I'm such a good husband, I said, I'll drive 12 hours to see your sister and her four kids. Um, It was great cousin time for our kids, and so we decided we were going to leave on Sunday. So Sunday morning last week, we got in the car, and we started the 12-hour drive home. So as we're driving home, my son Kai, he says, Dad, 
what day is it? And Kai's my middle child. I said, Kai, it's Sunday. He said, what? So we're missing church? And I said, yeah, Kai, we're, we're, we're going to skip church today. We'll listen to some worship music. I'll preach you a sermon. It'll be good. But what was funny was what he said next. He said, so dad, you're telling me we're going to miss team rally? So if you don't know, uh, 30 minutes before the service, every Sunday, we have a team rally where we gather all our volunteer teams and, and we gather around the, the vision for that day and the heart for that day. We talk about the message. We talk about what's coming up and, and we pray together. And it was funny, my son, his first thought was we're going to miss church. And then, so you're saying we're going to miss team rally. Apparently he loves team rally. But man, I, I love the heart that my child, my, my five-year-old child was like, I got to be in church, dad. Yesterday, my son, Kanan, he's seven. He asked me, dad, how many times have I been to church? I said, what do you mean? This was out of nowhere. He's like, how many times have I been to church? He's like, I was like, what, like in your life? He's like, yeah, how many times have I been to church in my life? Like a hundred? I said, well, there's 52 Sundays in a year. I'd say we're there about 48 or 49 out of the year. So let's just say 50, you're seven years old. So bro, you've been to church 350 times. He's like, are you serious? That's awesome. That was his perspective. Man, I'll tell you this. You want to position yourself to receive the promise of the promises of God, I don't think there's any better place you could be than where you are right now in the house of God. You know, too many people don't put a priority on the house of God. And I get it. You're busy. You got things going on. Some of you ain't been here in a minute. All right. But let me tell you something. When you're in the house of God, when you're surrounded by other believers, when you're in the presence of God, there's something that changes. Something shifts in your heart. Something shifts in your spirit. Something shifts in the atmosphere. And I want to encourage you because I've been a person that's dedicated myself to the house of God, that's dedicated myself to the things of God. And I'll tell you this. It is in the house of God that things shift in my life. It is in the house of God that promises are released in my life. The promise that one day I would be, in, be a pastor was released in the house of God. So I want to tell you right now, you position yourself well today to receive a promise from the God that you serve. Position yourself to receive the promise. You know, in sports, positioning is everything. I don't know if you, you all played any sports, but, but I, I grew up playing sports. And I'll tell you, if you're not in the right position... You can't accomplish the purpose. If you're not in the right spot, like if, if the center is trying to play quarterback, you're not going to receive the promise of scoring the touchdown. If the quarterback and the center try to switch jobs, no, it doesn't work. Positioning is everything. Finally today, Simeon, he reacted to the promise by reaching out himself and touching the promise. He reached out and touched the promise. I want you to think about this. Thousands of people in the courtyard of the temple. Hundreds, close to maybe a thousand. And I mean, people are steaming through, just streaming through the courtyard of the church and, and, and the temple and they're bringing sacrifice. I mean, it was a wild scene. There's animals, chickens, goats, uh, and they're bringing them, they're cutting their necks and blood's everywhere. I mean, it's wild. You guys think church is lit now, okay? Like the temple back in the day. And so he's walking through. I'm guessing here he goes walking through again through the courtyard of the temple. And he looks over and he sees a baby. And God speaks to him and says, that's him. 
that's him that's the messiah that's him and this dude simeon rolls up on mary can i hold your baby i don't know about you but my wife she was not down with that when we have babies when we have babies man people would always be like can i hold them can i hold her she's like i don't know i don't know you that well okay like if we were in church she'd say yes but man it was a lion king moment simeon he 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 takes jesus and he's like yes right like it was one of those moments but he had been waiting for so long he had been waiting for so long that he had no hesitation but to roll up on mary and joe say i gotta hold him i gotta touch him i gotta grab hold of him i've been waiting you don't know how long i've been waiting I've been waiting for decades. I've been waiting for years, but God told me I wouldn't die before I saw him. And here he is. Can I hold him? And he declares this over him. He declares this. And I declared it earlier, but I want to read it once again. He says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light everybody say light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to the people of Israel I'm here to declare to you today church it's time for somebody in this room to reach out and take hold of the promise that is found in Jesus Christ our Savior you've been grabbing hold of all these other things You've been grabbing hold of the things of this world. You got money. You got a job. You got a relationship. All these other things. But there's only one thing that can satisfy, and his name is Jesus. When you grab hold of that promise, there is a light that will be ignited in your life that can never be put out. That will never be the same. You'll never be the same. It will change you forever. This light is for all. And some of you, you disqualified yourself. You came in here today and you've disqualified yourself. You said, I'm not good enough. I'm not holy enough. I'm not right enough. I've messed up too much. You don't know what I did last night. You don't know what I've done this year. You don't know what I, where, where I've been, Caleb. How, how can I receive this light? Because Jesus said, this light is for all. God said, this light is for the Gentiles and the Jews. God said, it doesn't matter your past. It doesn't matter your mistakes. It doesn't matter what you're done. I, I'm releasing this light for all people, for all mankind. I cover over all of your transgressions, all of your sin. Receive the promise today. You see, now that we've touched the promise, some of you have touched the promise, how can we not go out from this place and tell others to take hold of the same promise. Man, when you receive the light, the, the Bible says a, a light on a hill, a city on a hill, it can't be hidden. It says you don't take a light and cover it up with a bushel. Oh no. We're going to let it shine. When you receive the light of the promise of God, the light that is for all, we can't help but release this light to all people, to all mankind, to all humanity. And I'm looking for a church, and I believe we are a church that is going to go out from this place and shine brighter than ever before. Why? Because this light is for all. Like I said, it's not just for good-looking people. It's not just for holy people. It's not just for perfect people. This light is for all people. The promise of the light today someone in this room needs to receive the promise. Would you bow your heads with me across this place?